0: Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Way to Week Mystery. This is your host and author J.C. Bodden. If you've been with me before, you'll know that each week I present a chapter from one of my novels. We've done three seasons so far, one for each of my first three books. If you're joining us in the middle of things, then you might want to go back and start at the beginning, or at least at the beginning of a season. Each book is a standalone, but they are all part of a series and flow basically in chronological order. So now, on to this week's podcast, in which I'll be reading to you from my novel, Night Watch, which is the fourth book in the Devlin O'Quinn series. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next chapter, Night Watch, as well as the other three books in the series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. And as always, if you'd like to order this or any of my books, click on the link in the podcast info to visit my website, jcbodden.com. Now, let's not wait any longer. Here we go with Episode 417, Night Watch, Chapter 17. When Mac got to the cabin, he was surprised to see that the lights were no longer on. Now the hairs on the back of his neck stood up. It was possible that the lights had been left on for several days and had simply burned out. But two different lights had been on and his gut was telling him they both couldn't have burned out. He eased onto the porch, careful not to make too much noise. His weapon drawn, he quietly inserted his key and turned the lock. The door swung in, and he reached for the light switches beside the frame. He flicked them all on. The room appeared empty, but the fact that all the switches had been in the down position made him keenly aware that the bulb in the front room had not just needed to be replaced. Someone had turned it off. He stepped all the way into the cabin, his weapon still before him. When he had taken two steps, he felt the cold, hard press of a gun barrel against the back of his head. He froze. Put your gun on the floor. It was a woman's voice. The speech slightly slurred. He leaned over slowly, doing as he had been told. Now, um, put your hands on your head. Again, he did as he was told. The voice seemed so familiar. He knew this person. Who are you? he asked. Shut up. Go sit down on the couch. He walked slowly forward. When he reached the couch, he turned and sat down. He looked at the woman standing across the room from him, the woman who had a gun trained at his head. Although battered and bruised, with a bandage covering half of her face, there was no doubt who she was. After all, he had taken her daughter to the high school prom. Mindy Dubose At the hospital, Devlin and Tucker questioned the nurse who had tried to convince Mindy not to leave with Roger. They even showed her Roger's picture. Yes, it really was Roger. No, Mindy hadn't seemed reluctant to go with him. In fact, she had been just as insistent as he. It was as if the two of them had been in an extreme hurry to leave the hospital. It was almost, the nurse speculated, as though they were running away from something. After they had talked to the nurse, Devlin and Tucker stood in the hallway. "'Tucker watched Devlin's face carefully. "'He finally decided to say what was on his mind. "'Chief, I think you're right. "'Roger's in deep shit.' "'Devlin looked sharply at Tucker and nodded. "'Let's go to the DuBose house, Tuck,' he said, his face grim. "'Mindy closed the door, flipped off all but the living room light, "'then picked up Max's gun and set it on the table beside the door. "'She walked slowly to the armchair facing him and lowered herself into it. "'She seemed to be in a lot of pain.' While she was settling herself, Max slipped his hand into his jacket pocket and found his cell phone, hitting the send button twice. When he heard Tracy answer, he put his thumb over the speaker. So, Ms. DuBose, want to tell me why you've got a gun to my head? He asked, praying that Tracy could hear him and her. Mindy winced and shifted in her chair. I'm waiting for my husband to get back here. I thought you were in the hospital. What are you doing out here at the state park? Shut up, little Mac, Mindy sighed. I don't want to explain all this to you right now. Miss Dubose, I'm not going to hurt you. I just stopped by here because I saw the light on here earlier, and I was going to check things out. It's okay. Whatever's going on, why don't you tell me so I can help you? I'm the ranger here, you know. That's the reason why I had a gun. You can trust me, Miss Dubose. You know me. It's okay. Come on. Put the gun down. I said shut up, Mac, and I meant it. She did lower the gun, but she kept it trained in his direction. Just sit there and be a good boy now, will you? Tucker and Devlin were in the car on their way to the DuBois home when Devlin's cell phone rang. It was a number he didn't recognize. Ordinarily, he would have ignored it, but things tonight were just crazy enough to make him answer. Oh, Quinn. Uncle Devlin? It was Tracy Lee. She sounded breathless, scared. Yeah, Tracy Lee, what's up? "'It's Gabriel. I think he's in big trouble. You've got to help him.' Devlin glanced at Tucker. "'Okay, I will. Where is he?' "'He's at the park, at the cabin. The lights were on. He went to check it out. He's on my cell. I'm calling from my roommates. I can hear him talking. She's holding a gun to his head. "'You've got to go help him. It's my fault he went there. I reminded him about the light. He said he was going to wait until tomorrow, but then he decided to do it tonight. It's my fault. It's all my fault.' words were tumbling out of her mouth so fast that Devlin could only catch about every third or fourth one. Okay, okay, hang on a second, Tracy Lee, he said. He turned to Tucker. Someone is holding Mac McTaggart hostage at the state park. Call for backup. He grabbed the safety bar above his head as Tucker wheeled the car around and flipped on the lights and siren. He turned back to his phone. Tracy, honey, we're on our way. Can you still hear what Mac is saying? Yes, I've got him on my phone. Who's there with him? Tracy's next words nearly made Devlin's heart leap out of his chest. He's calling her Mrs. DuBose. They heard footsteps on the cabin porch. Mindy raised the gun, pointing it again at Mac's head. The door flew open and Roger burst into the room, his gun drawn. Mac held his hands up. Detective DuBose, he exclaimed. Don't, it's me, Mac McTaggart. Roger glanced from Mac to Mindy. You okay, he asked her. Yes, he says he came in here to check on the lights. "'Here, baby, give me the gun.' He stepped to his wife's side, and she laid the gun in his outstretched hand. "'You did good, Mindy.' She nodded and sighed deeply, as if relieved. Roger turned to Mac. "'What the hell are you doing here?' Mac squinted at the older man. "'I could ask you the same damn thing.' Roger waved the gun in Mac's direction. "'You're not really in the position to be sarcastic, young man.' Mac shrugged. "'Sorry. I came here because I saw the lights on before.' I wanted to check it out. Your wife's pretty smart, caught me from behind as I stepped into the room. Roger looked at Mindy, then back at Mac. I had to leave her here while I went to get some medicine for her. She's in a lot of pain. He held out a sack from the drugstore. Here, honey, go take a couple of these. Mindy took the sack from Roger and stood slowly. She went to the small kitchen, took her pills, and then went down the hall to the bedroom. Roger studied Mac's face. "'Sorry about your dad, little Mac. I always liked that big guy.' Mac shook his head. "'Thanks, I guess. Want to tell me what the hell this is all about?' It was Roger's turn to shake his head. "'You ever owed anyone a bunch of money, little Mac?' "'No.' "'Well, keep it that way, son. That's my advice. It'll make your life a hell of a lot easier.' Mac watched as Roger settled himself into the chair. "'You're the one who robbed those banks?' he asked." Roger looked at him sharply. Why do you say that? Mac shrugged again. Oh, I don't know, just a wild guess. It might have something to do with the fact that I'm sitting here with a gun aimed at my head while you talk about owing people money. What's the plan now, Detective DuBose? I'll let you know as soon as I figure it out, Mac Roger said with a grim smile. Tucker and Devlin were on the road to the state park. Listen, Tuck, let's go in silent. We don't want to spook them. Tucker killed the lights and siren. Once in the park, he even turned off the headlights and drove down the road to the cabins in the moonlight. As they rounded the last curve in the road, they saw Max state park truck parked in front of the cabin where Devlin had been attacked. Devlin drew in a sharp breath, and Tucker looked at him, wondering if the chief was remembering the attack. Devlin pointed silently ahead. Tucker realized with a chill that Roger's car was parked on the grass in front of the cabin between the porch and Max truck. Right here, Devlin said quietly. Tucker turned the key and coasted to a stop. Devlin studied the situation for a moment and then looked at Tucker. Here's the plan. You're going to do some recon through one of those side windows. You should be able to see in as long as that light is on inside. Don't let him see you. Come back and let me know. We'll figure something out. Devlin reached up and turned off the car's dome light before Tucker opened the door, then nodded that he was ready. Devlin was impressed at how, for such a large man, Tucker was able to move gracefully in the window. He watched as Tucker carefully peered in and then headed back to the car. Roger's there. He's sitting in an armchair. Its back is to the front door. Mac is on the couch, facing him, one hand in his lap. The other must be in his pocket. I couldn't see it. Roger's got two guns, one in his lap, one in his hand. There was another gun on the table by the door. I didn't see Mindy. Shit. Devlin ran his hands through his hair. He looked at Tucker. What do you think? I think this doesn't look very good for Mac. Or Roger. Devlin stared out the window at the cabin, trying to decide what to do. Finally, he turned back to Tucker. Okay, here's how we're going to play this. Tracy Lee said that Mac had gone to the cabin to check on the light that was on. We're going to assume that he told Roger that. I'm going to go up, knock on the door, act like Mac called me before he went to the cabin. "'like I'm just there checking on him. "'I know Roger's not dumb enough to believe that for very long, "'but I'm hoping that it'll confuse him enough "'for one of us to be able to disarm him, "'get him to explain what the hell is going on. "'I for sure don't want anybody shooting, "'but you need to have my back just in case.' "'Tucker swallowed hard, his eyes wide. "'I got it, Chief.' "'Devlin stood at the front door, "'his crutches left behind in the car. "'Tucker was beside him, his back pressed against the wall.' Devlin reached out and very slowly tested the knob to see if it was locked. It was not. He nodded at Tucker and then pushed the door open. He limped into the room. Roger stood and whirled around, his gun now trained on Devlin. Hey, what's... Devlin stopped as if surprised to see Roger. Roger? What the hell? Roger tilted his head to the side and stepped to his right so that he could see Devlin and Mac at the same time. He swung the gun from Devlin back to Mac. He glanced at Devlin without turning his head from Mac. "'What are you doing here, Dev?' "'Little Mac called me, told me the light was on at this cabin. "'Asked me if we had been out here investigating. "'I told him no, I didn't think so, but I, um, I told him to call me back. "'When he didn't, I tried to call him on his cell and he didn't answer, "'so I came out here to check it out. "'What are you doing here?' Devlin could tell from the look on Roger's face that the ploy had worked. "'The story fit well enough to make Roger believe it, at least for now.' Devlin stepped further into the room. "What's wrong, Roger? he asked gently. Roger ran his hand over his face, considering his options. Something about Devlin's story didn't seem right, but he couldn't figure it out. He didn't have time. His mind was racing. "It's Mac, Dev. He, he robbed the banks, and he beat up Mindy. She saw him. She remembers him. I'm, I'm glad you're here, Dev. You can arrest him." Roger wiped his hand over his face again. Devlin looked from Roger to Mac, who was still on the couch. Then he nodded at Roger. "'Okay, Roger, that's good work. You figured it out, huh?' "'Yeah, Dev.' Roger's voice sounded more confident now. "'He beat you up, too. It's been him all along, the little son of a bitch.' Mac began to protest. "'Chief O'Quinn, you can't believe this.' Devlin waved his hand in the air. "'Shut up, little Mac. You make me sick, you little piece of shit. You think you're some tough guy beating me up? Beating up an innocent woman?' ''What the hell is wrong with you?'' ''Let's go. You're under arrest.'' Devlin stepped forward and motioned toward the door. Mac stood, his golden eyes, never leaving Devlin's face. Devlin said, ''Good job, Roger.'' Mac walked toward the door and Devlin grabbed him roughly and shoved him outside onto the porch. Devlin stepped out behind him, followed by Roger. Suddenly, there was a deafening explosion. Tucker, who had been waiting for Roger to leave the cabin, had grabbed him as soon as he walked out the door. "'Roger's gun fired, but Tucker had managed to wrangle it out of his hands before he shot it more than once. "'Give it up, Roger,' Devlin barked. "'Shit!' For the second time that evening, Devlin was impressed by Tucker's quickness. "'Roger was face down on the porch, Tucker's knee in his back, as he was handcuffed. "'He realized what had bothered him about Devlin being at the cabin. "'He would have never been able to drive himself there with a broken right ankle. "'That's what was wrong. That's why Tucker was on the porch.' Devlin, Roger growled as his face was mashed against the floor. What the hell are you doing? It was Mac. Arrest him. Devlin stood there staring at Roger. The bile rose in his throat, and he hopped to the edge of the porch and vomited over the side. As he wiped his mouth, he looked into the grass at the bottom of the porch stairs. There lay Mac sprawled on his stomach, a dark pool of blood forming on the ground around his shoulder. Shit! Devlin spat again. Tucker, we need an ambulance. You got your radio? Call it in. Mac's down. Devlin scrambled to Mac's side. Mac, Mac, he said. Mac moaned softly. I'm hit, chief, he said. I know, I know. Be still. Let me see. It's in your shoulder. Here. Devlin ripped his jacket off and used it to apply pressure to the wound. We've got a bus coming. You're gonna be okay, son. Just hang on. Shit, I told your mama I would watch you and then I go and get you shot. A shadow fell across Mac's back. Devlin turned Mindy DuBose was standing in the doorway, blocking the light from inside. Devlin's blood ran cold. Mindy was holding the gun that had been on the table beside the door. She had it trained on Tucker, standing beside the cabin door. "'Let my husband go,' she said, her voice shaky. Tucker made no move. Mindy turned, now pointing the gun at Devlin. "'Tell him to let Roger go.' "'Mindy,' Devlin said quietly as he raised his hands in the air, "'it's over. Put the gun down.' No, Mindy said. We're getting out of here. She took a deep breath, steadying herself with one hand against the door frame. She pointed the gun back at Tucker. It wavered dangerously in her hand. Roger said we could, her voice now a whine. I said, let him go. Mindy, Roger said quietly as he pushed himself to sit up. Devlin's right. It's over. It's going to be okay, Mindy, but Devlin's right. Put the gun down. "'But Roger,' she looked from him to Tucker and then Devlin. "'You'll go to jail.' "'Roger took a deep breath. "'Backup's coming, Mindy, and an ambulance. "'I have fucked it all up. "'Even shot Little Mac, God help me. "'We'll never get out of here. "'But you've got to put the gun down now so no one else gets hurt. "'You haven't done anything wrong, just me.' "'Roger,' she said, her voice barely audible. Mindy, it's Devlin, my best friend. And Tucker, my partner. Roger's voice broke. It's okay. Put the gun down. She lowered her arms and Tucker gently took the gun away from her. Mindy burst into loud sobs and knelt at Roger's side. The wails of the sirens from the backup police cars sounded in the distance. That concludes this week's chapter of Nightwatch. Thanks so much for listening. To find out what happens next and the exciting conclusion to Nightwatch, please come back for episode 418 of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcboden.com to order the book. And as always, I hope your wait is a happy one.